Welcome, Welcome to, to Ma's Garage. Garage. I'm Kev. I'm Crick. And I'm Smokey. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about me and my... Wait, 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 wait. I, I thought I got to start this one. No. Like... It's, no, it's my turn. We went over this. I feel like you just went. Like, it's my turn to do it. No, like, I've written down. Like, I've, I've got a whole script written down for this. I've been practicing in the mirror all week. But I mean, I feel like I, I, I just, I do it a little bit like no, deeper, no, Craig, if, like if you do it, we're going to be here, here like, like three or seven different takes. Like yeah, I should be the one that's right going to do it because then we'll get you're it looking done for. in like one or two. At least it turns like, out, right? At least it's not. like what I wanted to be. So it's like, yeah, it takes a couple extra takes, but it is it's me and my ego. It's me, me and my ego. Me and my ego. and my ego. No, me. Me and my ego. Me, Me and, and my, my ego. ego. What does ego mean to you guys? I was thinking about this earlier. Do you want to answer? Yeah, so I guess ego to me, it's changed a lot over the years i feel like growing up we all are trying to figure ourselves out like at, from like a child going through adolescence into adulthood so through those years your ego is essentially what drives you and what drives what you want to do because that's when you're like with your friends and if you're the one that has a big ego on yourself you're the one that wants to stand out and in doing so, you're asserting your dominance. You're also learning things because you're the one that's generally being the first to interact, per se. And the reason, and as you get more into an into your adulthood, you've kind of figured out a little bit about who you are and who you want to be. So if you're someone that doesn't have as big of an ego, you're not gonna stand out as much, and you're gonna appear more boring or less um, interesting per se, because you're not the one that's really trying to bring attention to yourself. Like the person that's like, who wants a shot and is like just flashing their money because that's who they are. And especially was thinking about like salespeople, people that, it, they basically have a career driven off of their ego and ego to them could mean multitudes of different things where it's not a bad thing for them. And they see all the good that they themselves for themselves, someone from an outside perspective may have a completely different point or a completely different opinion. But to me, it's, something that is needed at times and not as needed at all times. What about for you, Kev? I feel like egos changed in my view over recently. It's changed how I've viewed ego. I viewed ego as, you know, everybody's like that person's egotistical when we're kids. Like it's a bad thing that that person cares so much about themselves. 
but now I'm starting, you know, it's, you've heard, take care of yourself. You can't take care of anybody if you don't take care of yourself first, but they don't tell you that that is, you have to be a little bit egotistical if you want to be able to do anything else. And, you know, it's ego comes from the Latin word me. That's literally all it translates to. So it's, if ego is a bad thing, that means you're a bad person in your eyes then, right? Or if ego is a good thing, then it's you're a good person in your eyes, but it's just ego is part of you. And it's like what you said, it's, it's needed in times and it's not needed in other places. And it's all about how you tame your ego and how, where you interject yourself and how you present yourself. You know, it's don't come out in my eyes. At least this is what I'm trying to see from my own ego is don't come out so excited and ready and raring that I know the most of something because I feel like I talk that way sometimes if I know a little bit about it and I kind of shut down and don't listen to people. And that's where I want to start listening more. Tell my ego, okay, take in what they're saying and listen to what they're saying and then make something out of that. See What's interesting what you said about that too is like if if ego is bad, then you're bad. Um, I've never really thought about that way. Like that's an interesting concept because like human is the root of all evil. I didn't think of that until I said that either. My view of ego has always been that like I don't know if it's always been, but it's kind of evolved into is like ego is like yes, it's you, but ego is the valuing of yourself over others. Ego is valuing the outcome for you and like that you value yourself above every else like that person is below you someone who's egotistical is someone who is so full of themselves that they look down upon the rest of the world or like they feel like the rest of the world is just a pawn in this movie that's about them it's this very like me driven mentality so i think it's like where they say like people shedding their ego and shedding themselves from the ego it's like yes you're always you but when you can step outside of yourself and understand that you're not the only thing that's going on, it's what you do with that tidbit of information. See, thinking about that has me thinking about, we've all seen uh, parks and recreation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the episode that Leslie was, this is before like she got with, she got together with Ben. Uh, it was that one guy that, Ron had pointed out that he has a big ego on himself. He does not care about how other people's feel. He, he cares about how he creates the story and how the story, how the story's <clears throat> effects were generated from his doing. And that's why you don't like a person like that, even though a person like that appears as a, as a, as a good person. Right. And it kind and it kind of brought to light, like kind of like what, like, like what you were saying, like, like I can almost like even us talking about it right now, I'm thinking to myself, like you can kind of look at ego as like someone's personality almost to a level, but the ego is the more negative word. Right. Or it's maybe it's just got negative, you know, it's got a negative negative connotation to it. it. Yeah. I feel like it's what you do. If you're ego driven, like everybody has an ego, like even the greatest monks who meditate their whole lives to get rid of their ego still have an ego. So it's, I think it's just accepting your ego and how you, if you let it drive you, or if you understand that it's a part of you, it's that me, me, me mentality. Don't let, that it, like, don't let it take the steering wheel. 
right except that it's there it comes down to the intentions that you have for the things that you do like what about someone who goes out of their way i feel like we've kind of approached a little bit of this in previous episodes but what if someone goes out of their way to actively like save someone that's in danger but they want to bring all the attention to them that they saved that person let's say for this example they didn't sabotage and they or they didn't set up the entire deal that they were just the right person at the right time and they just reacted the way that they thought would get the best attention for themselves as a result people notice said person doing said thing and as a result that person's attention he gain he that person gains the attention of people that like move them forward in a direction that they want to go in terms of like being able to help others at times i i think that'll kind of in my opinion collapse in on itself because even though you're going to push forward because that act that you did your origin intentions aren't always the right aren't always the right driving force so if you're ego driven that's going to constantly come out in what you do so yeah, that one actually might boost you forward, but at the end of the day, your true egotisticalness is going to come back to bite you because people are going to see you for who you are. So it could get you pretty far, but I feel like it's that house of cards where it can crash just as hard because you're not building on a solid foundation. It can. It just depends on if you build more how uh, a build if you build a wider foundation, I guess, or more solid. What you build foundation. the foundation out of, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Build a house out of straw, three mm-hmm. little pigs. <laughs> right. Like build a house out of yourself or build your house out of your community. What's going to be stronger? A house built from one person or a house built from many? And then you go have sex with your neighbor's daughter and get shunned by the community. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you put too heavy of things up on higher floors and it just brings the whole yeah. thing down. Sometimes. Right. I mean... Wait, there's factors that get added to the picture, and it's just how do you place those factors in the right place? Yep, the balancing act. You went to school for architecture, you know it. <laughs> yeah, I know some things about foundation and balance. That's where I think, like, if if you're like egotistical and driven by yourself, I don't feel like you are driven by yourself because if you're egotistical, you have to show that off to somebody. Like, I guess there are some people who are just so in love with themselves. They're just like, get off on themselves. But I feel like most people who are egotistical need to share how great they think that they are with the rest of the world. Some people call that millennials. (laughs) Right. And some people call that just the sales industry in general. Like, think about like the aggressive like stockbroker, like like stock brokerages and like New York and stuff. Like I remember watching um, an episode, an episode of uh, uh, I cannot remember the name, but worth it. That's what it's called. So they go try a burger at like a low dollar cost. They try Mm -hmm. a burger at a medium dollar cost. And then they try a burger at a high dollar cost. And then they compare and see like which one was more worth it for the dollar that they spent. So they had an episode of like this. Um, it was called a pizza, but it had like go it had like goat's milk cheese. Um, it had like gold leaf, it had um caviar, it had um 
He's getting in deep with the pizza mafia. But yeah, it had a bunch of a bunch of a bunch of different stuff. But the, essentially, what they said was the reason that we that we started coming up with these different high costing ideas is because you had these stockbrokers that would come in, these people in the sales industry that would constantly be trying to one up the other person. So I'm going to order something that's going to be one up what you order. So eventually, we just started getting creative and we started increasing more things and started offering offering them to more people and people really liked it so take advantage of their ego ego and competition can make innovation right the ego on its own can create innovation like that's where i feel like ego can be good a little bit because i was watching um a documentary on matisse uh the one who i did like the pool rendition of and that's what he said is like there was a time where like nobody liked his stuff. He was doing like his own kind of way. And like, he tried like originally he just needed to make money for his family. So he painted these paintings in a more traditional way and was going to go sell them. Cause he had a buyer, but decided that's not me. That's not who I am. I'm not going to just change my work to make money and regurgitate it. If that's not what I believe in. So he had like his family, like scrub down the canvases and redid them. And kept just leaning into this way that he wanted to paint and being him being kind of like in his own, which ended up paying off. But for a long time, he was just criticized and chastised for being that individual and thinking what I'm doing is right. Even though everybody else tells him wrong, what I'm doing is right. Isn't there something about that? Like even with, it's more of a material thing, but like you get a watch from your great grandfather who died and your dad tells you, bring it to a pawn shop, bring it to a jeweler, and then bring it to a museum and see who gives you the biggest offer for it. Right. It was the museum. It's when you find what you enjoy, the value you can create because of the amount of energy you want it to put into it versus that you have to put into it. Right. Or find the crowd that, that values you more. Yeah. You know what that, I mean? I like find your crowd, find the ones closer. who appreciate your work. Like, Cause not everybody always will. It's like, and so that's where you just got to keep doing you. And then if you feel like it's what you should be doing, then, then do it. And like, that's where the part where I feel like the ego is beneficial. You just have to understand that you're not right. You're doing what you think you need to do because that's the expression that you want to leave on the world, but no one's right. No one has the all say all you have no room to judge and tell other people what to do because other people are going to do the same to you. You just have to stay in your lane and do you and be an accepting of others. So it's not, don't let the ego drive you but use it, use it as another tool in your tool belt. See, you've, you've got the people that stay in their lane and then you've got the people that are in that speed lane. And those are the people that are driving the Ferraris and that's what they do because those are fast cars. Yeah. But that's how you get in an accident too. You start could trying be. to drive those fast cars. You don't know how to handle it. You know what I mean? That's it where could, it's like, it could be. I mean, there's other, how, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure accidents do happen, but that is an assumed response. I mean, you can get an accident with Everybody's any, any vehicle. Thing they enjoy whenever somebody speed so sure they're, they're on a hurry to an accident. You know what I mean? Like, you yeah. know, I'm still going to get there in my commuter car. I'm going to do mm-hmm. all the right. It's just like the house of cards we talked about. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm going to still get there in my commuter. I'm going to be fine. I'm going to listen to my music along yeah. the way. I'm going to get there, but it's like, you just can depends risk on it. how you, you want to get there. Right. You know, and that, that's where it's a hard, I think a hard battle right now that I'm in with my ego is like 
to live in my ego a little bit more because I'm trying to do things that are a little bit more self-driven. I'm not working in anybody's blanket or working on the other's dream. I'm trying to do stuff and just establish my own kind of image, whatever that is. And I have to believe in it. I have to like, no one else is going to be like, Oh yeah, you should come and do this. Let's get like, I have to believe in myself first before anybody else will like, and that's a hard battle. That's the point that you're at now. Like it's not, you're not an adolescent anymore. Like you're an adult and now you have to figure out your own things and get your stuff together. It's what I've learned. It's a battle as you do that though, because you can't let the ego take over. You have to like, it's kind of like when Naruto, like when you're tapping into the power of the beast, you know what I mean? Like when you're of the, of the nine tail Fox, it's like, you have to like learn to use that power, but not let that power consume you, not let the ego take over and take hold, like tap into its power, but don't give into it. No work with it, in, work, work with it as a partnership. Right. Yeah. Under, it's, again, understand it's a part of you. You can't right. just don't pretend it's not there because that's not healthy. Don't let it run your life because that's not healthy. Balance with it. Learn it. Understand it. Understand it's, what it's a part of is. you. Yeah. If there's anything more important. You should know like your parts, right? Mm-hmm. What makes you you? And that's where I feel like that if you understand your ego more, you understand what incentivizes you, what drives you, what motivates you, what like what inspires you. Like if you understand your ego and your driving forces, then you can better learn to like hone yourself or control yourself Manipulate. a little bit better. Yeah. 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 And if it's a poor word, but it's the truth. <laughs> I, I, I avoided you, you saying it, but you're right. Other yeah. people are doing it too, too. You and notice you it understand more. where you're manipulable. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like you can just look at ego as an internal confidence. Yeah. 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 I guess it is like a confidence in yourself and who you are. It's yeah. It's a good, yeah. It is like a belief in yourself. It's a, this inner like appreciation. You can know, it be all the other ones too though? Can it is, can what is the ego? Is it, Technically, just like your image of yourself, I guess so. Yeah, I, I would have to say that probably be the close, the, the the closest to a to a definition. And of course, you're going to paint yourself in a bigger picture because you have a little bit of a bias towards yourself. Depending Sometimes. on your mood, right? Dep- Some people it, are more negative. I guess it. De- I guess it depends. I mean, I guess <sighs> yeah, it depends on the the feelings that you're the emotions. Like if you're not in the greatest place then you may paint yourself a little bit lower that, that's where i feel like i'd under underpaint myself quite a bit where it's like i'm trying to inflate my ego a little bit more to where i am more because i feel like if you don't have the ego behind it it's harder to just jump out and do things it's harder to be like well i'm gonna make this because this is what i do you know because once you take that first step are you gonna try to just take that jump back or are you gonna keep jumping forward that's what i feel like i used to do it was like dipping my toe in the water oh it's cold but now it's like i'm done dipping my toe if i'm gonna go do something we're cannonballing you know what i mean like that's the only way to get into the water like if you tip your toe into it you're never jumping in so just jump in like cannonball yeah and and create create a mess create a splash get other people wet Mm -hmm. possibly hurt someone that you hit 
Possibly, but at the same time, like you said, create a splash, make more ripples, show other people that you're just create diving a splash in. and make ripples. You can inspire people to can like if you could start a cannonball chain where everybody else is like, oh yeah, that's so cool. Let's make like you can inspire people to step out of the norm and do something different because like maybe nobody was jumping in the water, but then they saw this crazy dude jump in the water and they're like, oh, maybe it's not that bad. The rocks, I mean, the more ripples there are, the closer to the point of impact, right? So you just got to, like you said, hit the ground running. Mm-hmm. Take advantage of it before the ripples get scattered out. And make right. sure and make sure what you're, what, what you're jumping into is deep enough for a cannonball. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you don't know. Like that's, yeah, I guess that's where yeah, you got to flush it, it out it a little could, bit. It could, it could be a little bit of a mirage, but then you jump into that kiddie pool and, oh, man, that really... Hurt my back. Well, and I think that's your that's your that's your pre-learning. That's where you can learn a little bit, but you don't know too much. Like you can go explore the where you're gonna jump in, you can go explore that pond and like look for rocks, look for the best place to jump in, but you don't know what's under the water until you jump in. So you can only do so much pre-planning before you gotta get wet. Like you've got to jump in. Like there's only one way to actually figure out the depth, and that's for that that's to find out yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. Or some other people will send other people in ahead. <laughs> that too. Send their uh, hey, you know, their scapegoats. Go check that. Go check that out. Yeah, you I'm go gonna watch quick. you. You're 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 protected. That's where I feel like some people do that. Where some people are so low in their own ego that they'll push other people to do things that they want to do because they don't think they're capable of doing it. So they push it on somebody else who they think is capable of achieving it. And it's like, I don't know. I feel like everybody has their own dream, and to push your dreams in somebody else instead of it's a little bit selfish instead of taking on the energy and amping yourself up to accomplish the things that you want instead to broadcast them on somebody else. You know, you feel I feel mean? like that like, happens more than the reverse though, where somebody who has a big ego and a big dream takes advantage of somebody who doesn't think highly of themselves and tells them, oh, no, you're the only person who could do this. And mm-hmm. I really don't want to do it. And if I get caught doing it, it's, I feel like that happens more often. I think, I think you just explained corporate America in a nutshell. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like tons of other people who are beaten down working for somebody else, much grander dream. Like, so we see every day, that's where all that depression I feel like comes from. It's like a lot of it. You know what I mean? You have to be working for your dream. That's where you, I guess you do have like, that's where you have to be a little bit egotistical too, because if you're constantly serving somebody else and never serving yourself, like your ego is only going to drop further and further because if you're not worth if you're not even worth serving yourself, then what are you worth? Who's worth serving you? Like that's where I think I get more self-serving after I do things for someone else, but it can't be the thing that I do day in and day out. Like it's gotta be something out of my norm doing things for other people. Not only make, gives me that show off moment. Like, yeah, see, I knew I could do this, but then it makes me feel more (laughs) confident about trying other things. Like, Got to ride that high of, dude, okay, I just did something badass. I can do anything because badass. Because you just proved to yourself that you can do that badass thing. Like, yeah, I'm able to do this. Now what other badass things what, can I what do? What can I do? Right. And that's what that's what it, it eventually, yeah, I'm unbeatable. Not, like, nothing, nothing is impossible. I'm impervious to acid. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I did this last night because, I, I mean, like, I didn't do it because of the episode I did it because I've just been kind of down lately and kind of a funk and I needed to get out of it. And so like last night I turned off everything when I was laying down, literally just went through a catalog of everything that I've done. Well, like I just went through and like 
focused on because a lot of stuff that I do well, I belittle or I don't act like it's such a big deal or I don't act like it's such a grander thing because it's like, okay, on to the next thing. But I like forced myself to sit down and just like, oh, you're good at this. Even all the way back to my teen years. And like when I woke up the next morning, I felt great. Like I felt in such a better mood for that self-appreciation and like just accepting like the cool things that I have done, you know, that I just let go by the wayside compared to all my failures. Did some deep thinking before you approach deep REM. Right. That's yeah. been on my list of things to do for work is meditate and reflect on the things that I do. The cool things that I do. It's been on my list for like three and a half weeks. It's because I haven't done it. I don't know. I'm not making time. It's you got to make that time for yourself. Like it's, it's huge. And I didn't either. I should have done that. I should have been telling myself that every day. You know what I mean? I shouldn't have done that yesterday for the first time in a long time. And it's like, my mom was telling me the same, like make a list of like all your accomplishments and read it to yourself every day and change it up when you do new accomplishments, because it's like, we're so good at overlooking the things that we do. Right. You know, it's right. Doing and, the to-do and, list. We keep and because that. it's just you know? easy for us to overlook things that we've done because we're so focused on things that we want to do. Mm-hmm. What we're doing next. Yeah. Sure, but sometimes those, those, mm-hmm. those past experiences, like you said, can give you that drive to do things in the future though. You know what I mean? It can give you that. Oh no, I do. I have done stuff. I've done stuff harder than this. I've done stuff way worse than this. Why like am I even feeling, fretting about this at all? You reclaim that feeling of when you first finish it, not at the same degree, but it's like, Oh, I forgot I did that. And then you kind of mm-hmm. get that sensation. Like, why did I stop doing that? I can do way cool things. And then you get why that drive back out? a little bit. Yeah. Like that's what happened with the vinyl um, piece that I did for, for Matisse's pool is like, I've been read going over the footage and stuff for that with editing it. And like rewatching it, I kind of just like, okay, I did that and that had to happen. And then now like rewatching, I was like, that was a lot of work. Like you screwed up a bunch of times, but what turned out was pretty cool. And that was a lot of work. And like, I could see my mind working and how I was processing stuff. And I got to see it from this different view. And it made me like much more appreciate something that I didn't even appreciate after I did it. Like, I was just like, thank God that's done. Yeah. Right. Moving on to the next one. I didn't. And that's where Jaza uh, says all the time. Like he says, like, you have to take that time to step back and look at your work and appreciate it for what it is. Like, don't be okay. I'm done next to the thing. Like step back and be like, I did that. I did that. Like I spent time, put my energy into that. And I turned out like that. Like, that's awesome. Absolutely, man. So that's kind of stroking your own ego. Yeah. Taking value in something that you did. A little bit. Mm -hmm. I mean, like Rick said, sometimes we all need that little bit of just stroking our own ego, keeping ourselves going so that we can keep it going with the public. So I think your ego is probably like your fire. You want to stoke it to keep it going, but you don't want to throw too much on and catch everything around it on fire. Burn the house down. Let it go That's a either. good analogy. Yeah. I like that. Fuel it, but not overfuel it. Yeah, we overconsume on everything else. Let's not overconsume on ourselves. And it really speaks perfect to the Naruto now, like <laughs> right. with Kurama right. as well. <laughs> <Next at all. laughs> yeah, you, you can't let that fire go out. Like that's it's, and you can't let it dwindle. And you do. You have to stoke the fire, but you can't give into it. You can't fully let it consume you. 
it all makes sense. Like you think about like giving people advice when like, they're like down on themselves. Like don't let that fire go out, reignite that fire. Like they really are just talking about like having that confidence in yourself. Like don't give up, keep going, try again. Quit dwelling on all the things that make you sad. Look at the things, the cool things that you've done. I feel like that's maybe a good way to approach that too. When people are down that I feel like I've done, but not as much as I should is like, instead of just being like, Hey, things are going to be okay. Like reiterate them to the awesome person that they are like mm-hmm. reiterate the things that why you like, care about them as a person and things that you think are great because that's why they're going to get through it. Yeah. Like the best people yep. around you see more in you than you do. You know what I mean? They can appreciate your quality sometimes better than you can. Usually like, they can because right. you don't see good qualities. Yeah. We see our failures and our flaws and our mistakes. And depending on the person, some people are more yeah. focused on, you know, I can see both sides. Yeah. And that's where I feel like it's a slippery slope. I feel like some people can go from having no ego to be highly egotistical when they get like fame or different things like that. They can like, they haven't learned. That's where I feel like child actors and stuff and stuff run into this sometimes and child like music stars and stuff. Young, because, pro, young professional athletes yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. You haven't been humbled. You haven't had the chance for the world to humble your ego. And then you get all this publicity and you think that you are God. And it's like, you're just a human who happens, has your 15 minutes to a lot of spotlight. Them. Yeah. Like you got to understand like, dude, like this is, this is fleeting. You have to build value in yourself for when those people go away. Because those people don't find you. Those people are always going to be there. Nothing is always for sure. You have to be confident in who you are and happy alone without all those other people. And then those are an addition on top of that. Like you don't know that by 16. It's like, think about that child actor that at like a gas station back in their hometown or maybe not their hometown. They they might be known Um, at a gas station in like a random town that the the town like the person working at that gas station just has not seen the work that you've done and you're just like do you know who i am because you're used to like getting like waited on mm-hmm. it brings a different perspective and, and that's to some people some people want to be known and like some other celebrities like don't and like and mm-hmm. i can get that a little bit from like moving out of my hometown it was nice to go in public and be anonymous there is nobody I know. There's nobody right. from school. There's nobody who knew my mom. There's no, like, I can just go be a stranger. And that's kind of nice. Like, it's nice to not always have to engage into a conversation and always have to, you know, watch out or well, I don't want to see that person or, you know, things like that. Like you, you move out to Colorado and then like Siggy's there, like, Hey, hey. <laughs> you're just like, Hey, I had that at, at the dispensary I worked at. I had one of my, uh, somebody I went to school with who was one of my friends he like I just heard him talking to another bud tender and I was just like Roy huh? they're like Cricket. and it was just like no way. no way and it was just by chance came into my dispensary like at the time that, I was working like that is wild mm-hmm. and it was yeah it was it was wild it was just like coincidence you know it is is there such yeah, thing they, they didn't even know that you worked there yeah no not at all that's where i feel like i've I got disconnected with a lot of people because i don't use like social media as much anymore but i felt like i didn't use it because it was like a it played with my ego you know what i mean and it still does like getting back into social media and posting my like work on there and stuff like that 
it's you have to be equally driven to be have a social media profile. You do. Like that's you what it's about. You're it, selling right? yourself. You're, that's your social media. That's yeah. like your presence, your online presence. And I just avoided it for the longest time. I was like, I just don't want a social media. I just don't want to sit here and respond to people and all And it's just like, I still don't really, but I get the point. But, but at least you still post the stuff that you're working on. And I mean, mm-hmm. like, I'm sure you get support when, I, when I go to like things, I'm not the only one that sometimes I'm the only one. Cause I'm like the first, but majority of the time, like I'm not the only one that likes something that you've worked on. Like people just appreciate genuine art. This right. is how you find your people. And you especially you want to find coming your from a friend. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about that today. It's like, yeah, just like putting out, like we were saying earlier too, about finding the people that appreciate you. And if you're not, if you're not broadcasting your true self for who you truly are and like your weirdness and your strangeness and the things that you're into and whatever it is, you're not pulling in the right type of people. You're not, that's why you're not happy because you're not surrounding yourself with people who like you for the weird person you are. You're surrounding people with the image that you are and then they're not accepting you for who you really are. Mm-hmm. You know, being forced. forced. Yeah. You gotta be honest with yourself. And it's, you know, our society teaches that a little bit to conform and, you know what I mean? You got to fit it into a crowd. You got to join the, you know, some kind of click or some kind of establishment, but it's like, you don't, you really don't. I feel it's like so in years past mm-hmm. when the internet age and social media and stuff was not as huge, like the clicks was essentially like your group of people. So that's social the people media. that you communicated with, that you hung out with, that you like had memories with. And now with social media, you can do it all virtually. Well, I feel like we even saw the breakdown of that. Like I remember our senior year, like it was one of the interesting things. Like we had clicks in our school since middle school where you had like your jocks and your emos and your, all this other stuff like that. But like our senior year, all that kind of fell apart where like we were having just parties where it was, everybody was there. It was everybody from every click and every kind of group. It was awesome. It was like, it was just people who you didn't think you'd see together talking or used to like get into it back in the day, all just drinking and hanging out and like setting all their differences aside. You know what I mean? Like accepting each other for the individuals that they were and be like, Oh, we're all about out of this. We made it through it. You know what I mean? Right. All of this is on the bond off. Right. Instead of like the difference, we are now have a uniform thing that unites us all, you know? We don't know what we're about to get into. Right. I remember when I came back to visit in like my fret, like my freshman or sophomore year of college. And I went to, um, went to a party and, um, actually like ran into Blake and got talking to him a little bit and like <clears throat> other people that were at that party, it was like a group of like the people from like Scots and stuff. But then kind of like what you said, it had little, it had more groups that I'm just like, I don't, I don't remember them coming out to parties. I don't remember them coming out to parties. I don't remember them coming out to parties. Like you saw like a little, a little bit more of that melting pot. Right. Exactly. We shed those shells of what we thought we had to be. I feel like a lot of those just kind of morphed though. Like there's still some people who hang out with just certain people. Mm Mm-hmm. 
a little it's, bit and you do see it especially when they post stuff on social media like you see them all hanging out together and stuff and that's how we were i you know what i mean mm-hmm. like we've we've all been hanging this is the same crew that we've been <laughs> chilling with since like since back in the day so it's like i feel like you can accept more people in your crew but like we said before there's certain people who have seen you at your with your freak flag at its highest and they love it yeah you know what i, I mean? can i can imagine and when you find those people who accept you for you at your weirdest, like you don't let those people go. You know what I mean? Like those aren't the people that you ever like stray from because those people accept you for who you are and they're not going to be talking about you behind your back. Your weird does not freak them out that much. <laughs> right. Or they're uh, talking or they're talking about your quirks with their other click. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think that's ego driven too, is like when, when we got to put other people down, to like make ourselves seem better. Like if we, if we put out other people's flaws, well, then you're focused on their flaws. You're not focused on my flaws. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like pay attention. They're the reason why that, you know? And so it's just like, that's when you start letting the ego take over. Right. Mm-hmm. That's where like, if, when I go into a new store, or like when I start working somewhere, the person who's first to bash everybody, like I'm not, I don't get on it. I'm not going to laugh at it. I'm not going to do anything like that's just like, there's a reason why you got to put everybody else down. And I know as soon as I walk away from you, you're doing the same thing to me. You know what I mean? You're talking crap about me to the next person too. So it's just like, and who cares? Right. Right. You say who cares, but I've seen that be very detrimental to some people's employment because not everybody thinks that way. And I've seen people be like, literally like quit and like, just get treated like garbage in their job because of rumors and because of jokes that were just like taken way too far. And it's just like, it's like a, it's very high school childhood mentality where it's just like someone to tease. And it's like that easy, that easy person to make fun of and everybody just gangs up on them. And it's like, that's funny for you, but that person must hate their job. Right. And it, it depends on if that person like knows how to dish it back. Or like you said, if they just continue to let it stack and eventually they go find other employment, they and, and that could have been one of your better employees. And I've seen them dip it, dish it back, but it's the point that they're so everybody's already so rallied together against them. You know what I mean? They've yeah. become the joke. Then, well, then it's climbing a climbing up a hill. Right. And it's like I'll go talk to that person because I'm the someone who doesn't judge people off that, or I try not to. And like they're usually the nicest person. So I'm like thinking about these things that this person has said to me and these jokes that they're making about it. I'm like, they're actually just really mm-hmm. genuinely nice. And they're really been like a good person. Like usually I find out that's what it is. It's one of the, the nicest people are the ones that get targeted by that mm-hmm. because people don't, people don't I, like nice. No, I think it's because people don't trust nice. That's like, nobody's nice. For if no you're being reason. nice to me, you want something. Yeah. Yeah. Why are you being so nice? What do you want? Right. So now I'm just, I'm genuinely, genuinely a nice person. I, I'm offering, if you would like something, I'm going to a place and I'm cognizant that there's other people in the establishment that I work. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to make this world one less asshole, you know? So it's like, mm-hmm. and it's, yeah, it's sad to see that too. Cause you do, you see these people who are the more ego driven, like they know how to play the game. They know how to talk the talk. They know how to rub shoulders. They know how to do they that. Everything. So you see them move up really fast but you also see that crash and burn a lot too where it's Mm -hmm. like i used to get irritated because i'm like i try to do the right thing and i watch these people do the wrong thing skyrocket ahead but the more i pay attention to their careers it always just it's 
90% of the time always comes back and burns. Doing like, the wrong thing by your definition, not theirs. by my definition. Exactly. Exactly. Right and wrong to any extent is just by perspective. There's no true. There's no true right and wrong. Yeah. And I, th- I think it's funny because like, especially like, I, I think like a lot of this, I think a lot of like my time in the fraternity, like we're all kindred minds. Like we're all like, com- like one entity, but a lot of the times, because we had like the different clicks and you had like the different personality types and a lot of clashes that it was just a pissing contest majority of the time. And people just knew who not to engage in a pissing contest with. <laughs> I get that. Were they the more dominant ones within the household. Well, that and if you're going to question the president, then you better know what mm. you're doing. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> the construction realm's very similar. Very and, and so is the engineering department yeah. industry. And that's not all, you know what I mean? Just because we saw that one, that one environment we worked in doesn't dictate the whole entire. It shouldn't. Because there are some people I've met in that industry who don't are much more compassionate, are much more growing and unlifting and aren't so, yeah, just like I have something to prove and I'm a BA, I'm badass at everything. And right. Like watch me. And it's just like, Oh, I'm tough. Oh, I'm this. And it's like, I grew up in a household that was much the same. It's like, it's this I'm tough mentality. And it's like, you learn to the tougher you are is the more often you can admit that you're not tough. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like the more vulnerable you can be expressed how tough you actually are. Because you can be someone that puts on a, tough guy facade but then if you're not like vulnerable yourself then you're just going to appear as a wall right yeah there no one's gonna be able to penetrate the ego no one's ever going to get through and talk to you and right you know everything's a battle and that's where what i feel like happens a lot in that is people just like you find yourself alone like at the end of the day you find just like if you wanted if you want to be just with me 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 we'll let you be with me you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it's like people will slowly start to take themselves away from you. And you can only do that for so long before you run out of people to do that to, you know, and then you're left alone and people feel bad for you, but what are they going to go do? Just let you do the same thing to them again. You know, like, right. So you have to there you go driving them to want to fix that person though. I think it could be, I feel like you could have some people that genuinely want to reach out and want to like try to move things forward, but they have a difficulty of figuring out how, because they don't want to just necessarily stroke your ego and just go along with what you want to do. But at the same time, they want to incentivize you towards having intentions of working with them. Where do you feel like ego then turns into narcissism? when you take it too far and you have zero regard for other people's well-being i feel like i feel like that's the difference between narcissism and empathy yeah i think narcissists don't have because like regrets they don't regret anything they do right and i and, and think about like someone like i'm just going to give an example of maybe this person exists i haven't done any research but a person that puts all of their blood, sweat, and tears 
makes as much money as they can possible so that they can pay rent to sustain their living and their lifestyle and then donates all the rest of their money to charitable organizations. They don't keep anything extra for themselves. They donate it all. And they do that because they have a feeling of they always want to feel like they are contributing and helping in other ways. Yeah, that's awesome. That's great that that person is putting 60, 70 hours a week and giving all of this money to these charitable organizations. But that person's a shell of themselves. Like, how about we talk to this person? What do you do? Like you do this for that organization. You do this for your work, but like, who are you? Like, what are your interests? What are your values aside from helping people? That's where I feel like we've we became, we've become that with donating. We've become that as a society for contributing. Cause it's like, well, we'll just throw some extra money at the problem. That, that and the government incentivizes you because it's a tax write-off in right. cases. Right. But so many people like they need hands in the field. You can throw as much money in as you want, but if you're only paying one guy $20 an hour because nobody else wants to do it, you know what I mean? Like, and that fuel that it burns in yourself. Like, cause yeah, if you throw that $5, yeah, I donated. That feels cool for a minute. But mm-hmm. if you spent your day helping build a house or if you spent, you know, your time and your energy doing it in a more personal way, you'll find out how you, how you enjoy giving back to the world. Is it cooking for people? Is it building something? Is it doing something like that? Or is it just throwing money at it, which is a little bit more just, you know, neutral. It's a little bit more. Yeah. Like it's not as personable. It's not as, yeah, it could be seen by, uh, by outside forces as, as a bandaid, but to the inside force, that's what you truly believe in. And that's why you do it. Yeah. Or some people might do it because for selfish reasons, because maybe they've done something wrong in the past. So they feel like they have to atone by giving or donating back or doing these other things. So they're could be trying to settle something with themselves and just be like, Oh, well, I'll make my stuff. I'm, I'm not a bad person because I give money to this. I'm not a bad person because I do these things. So that balances out the negative things that I do because I do this good thing. So that's not the ego. Maybe that what person's is- just trying to flex on the uh, <clears throat> the hot girl that's taken the uh, the donations. Like he's trying to flex his money. Right? <laughs> We've all got our reasons. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's that. What is that? What's the control valve on the the ego? You know, because what humbleness the ego is what we can use, or it's what we can use to justify justify it to the ego that why we're doing it. Yeah. So we can give ourselves any reason why we're doing what we're doing, right? Like it's good because I feel like humbleness is that because humbleness is when you try something outside your realm and fail and are shot down, that's a shot at your ego. You know what I mean? Or when someone humbles you or puts you in that place that kind of brings you back to reality and your actual limitations. You know what I mean? That's what keeps your ego in check sometimes. But this whole season's been a balancing act. To me, I feel like humbleness is a little bit more than that, though. Like like when, when you're a humble person, like you truly just appreciate what other people do. Aside from what you do, you appreciate that you could not have achieved what you have achieved without the help of other people. That is not just you alone. 
Right. And you don't do it to gain attention. You just do it for self-satisfaction, I guess. Well, and for the grandeur good, like that's where I feel that's the opposite coin or opposite of the coin for ego is, is it's the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. It's Mm -hmm. I'll put myself at sacrifice. If I know the world will be a better place by the time that I'm gone. It's like, that's where I feel like when you can shed some of your ego or like not focus so much on your ego, you can understand that like we're all this, the world is a big living organism, just like a big human body. That's all trying to work together with all these different inner workings. And if this one little cell over here is like, it's all about me, you know what I mean? Like things aren't going to go right. But if they were all working together to make it a more cohesive unit, that's where I feel like that shedding of ego could benefit us. So it's shedding it or learning how to use it to help that greater good. Yeah. I don't know if shedding is necessarily the right phrase. I feel like shedding works because shedding, you're removing layers of it. You're not getting rid of it. You're You're not deleting it. Excess. Yeah. You're making it, you're revealing it for what it really is. Like you're, you're showing yourself what your true ego is. So you're shedding away the layers. Because that's what Mm -hmm. snakes do, right? They shed skin and come out. Mm-hmm. But, a but bigger, that's a dead better skin that they shed. Right. So you could have, it's, it's a false ego. If you have things that are building you up that aren't true, you're shedding those away. You're taking away these, this false image that you have of yourself. So you can see the true image of yourself that's underneath. So you're shedding off layers. Mm. We're like onions. It was a terrible Shrek. Maybe peel. Peel and shed would be like the same difference. <laughs> if you peel, I guess we're splitting hairs at that point. Right. Peel is done once. Shed, you shed often throughout your life. I guess. True. Yeah. That's true. The ego too. is constantly evolving. And you shed our image of ourselves. I guess I was trying to think of something that's not, not, not necessarily like shedding, like removing, but it's just something that you're like temporarily exposing and then temporarily covering. But I feel like the point of it is shedding away at works because you're growing. So you're not going to fit into that old suit that you took off because you can't put it back on because you, well, your ego has now, right? Because you've shed it. You've, you've morphed beyond that old casing. Your, your ego is constantly changing as you're changing, as you're gaining new skills and learning you keep new the limitations. You like from that and. Interesting. Yeah. So if, if you refer it in that respect, then you do, then I guess you can under, you can understand it a little bit more that you have like your lifestyles, your personality styles, like no one just keeps the same skin their entire life. Like we're all constantly learning and we're all constantly evolving. Right. Right. Interests are changing. We're learning new things. Oh, and you have to, you have to keep your ego at that pace too, as it's changing, because if you're not letting your you ego should. change as you're changing, that could probably be dangerous as well, too. Yeah. You miss out a you lot know, of things. It's like where your ego is pulling you like your yeah. ego is trying to go 200 miles an hour, but you just want to go 30 or vice versa. You want to go like a hundred and your ego is dragging behind you because you just have a slow self image. So you have to That's pull it. that thing along. Like, it's a muscle. You train it and you'll get better at using it. Right. I think mm-hmm. that's, that's why it's so important for us to have like creative energy and an outlet to express creative energy, because right. that is something that you have control over your energy that you can put into whatever you're doing. Right. 
that's just just to create like just doing it to create like as a pure selfish act to like get something out just like almost like taking a crap like you need to create to take a mental crap and to just unload all that stuff and like it's get it out of your head down, right yeah it's a, like, it's a hot commodity the poop the put the, the poop art market right exactly <laughs> scat art <laughs> yes that's what it's called scat art <laughs> i knew there i knew there was a word for it i just could not think of what that word was <laughs> The next thing, flood in the nation. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> so a narcissist is somebody whose ego has gotten out of control and they've used it to manipulate a bunch of people. So they've always got a scapegoat. So in their mind, they really can never do wrong. That's where I think like a narcissist, the more I've done research into narcissists, because like I can't help it. Like they've so prevalent in my life. Um, but it's like, they can't really not be a narcissist. Like that's how they've been taught to interact with the world. Like that's how they'll kind of always be. And that's why you can't really win over an art narcissist or change them from being a narcissist. Their, their driving force is still always going to be them. So it's like almost like they fully given in to the, to the ego. The only way is for them to go through like an event that causes them to have vulnerability yeah where they accept to be a vulnerable they can't push the onus off onto somebody else it's obvious that it was them and then the house of cards comes down and they can start to rebuild right Mm -hmm. i've seen narcissists get trapped in a corner where there's no way out and it don't matter like it's wild how when everything points at them and it's obvious that's them it's just still this (laughs) blatant denial that they're perfect and it's somebody else's fault. And it's like, it's your fingerprint. It's your hand. You're, you're still holding the knife. Like, you know, like there's no getting out of this one. And it's just, it's, that's where it's, that's where it's like it's programmed. There. It's like you, it's like watching an animal get caught in a trap. Right. Because you see this look of just like panic and this, any attempt that they can, and any avenue that they can take, no matter how dark it is to get out of that trap. You know what I mean? And like, it's kind of sad and scary Grasping at the same time. Any little straw that might push the onus on someone else. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's where I, f- I feel bad for narcissists. And it's like, I, I love narcissists. They've, they've been a prevalent part of my life. And I care about some people a lot who are narcissists. And the thing is, it's just like, I wish I could learn to better live with them. And I wish they could learn to be better versions of themselves at the same time. Cause it's you hard. Just, you just <laughs> let them, you just you just let them be them, and then you do you. Yeah, <sighs> that's what it is. But I, I, get, you I, I you. get you're not really helping them by doing that, but nothing but else you do is helping them. On another level, there's different versions of a narcissist too, and there's some who force their opinions on you. No right. matter how much you tell them to leave you alone with this crap, they want to force it mm-hmm. on you. Mm-hmm. Tell you how to live your life, tell you what you're doing wrong. Mm-hmm. And that's where it's like you don't want to be around them because it's like no matter what, like people telling you their vision of you is gonna change your reflection of yourself. Yeah. Like if everybody like calls you a whore, on the mirror, you're gonna feel like a whore. Yeah. And it's like if everybody's telling you something, you're gonna believe it, even to the slightest bit. So if you surround yourself with like someone that constantly who's constantly telling you that you're worthless or that you do everything wrong or that you make mistakes all the time, 
part of you is or only point that. out the mistakes you make right and every right. time we already do that enough ourselves we already talked about that how we're so good at already pointing out our mistakes if you have somebody else who's only doing the same and just putting you further down that spiral of all i do is screw up it's almost like reaffirming your negative self-talk Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I am worthless. Oh yeah, I am bad. <laughs> at everything. Knew I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. I might as well not do anything because they agree that I'm, I can't do anything if I tried. Like it's a, it's a dangerous spiral that I feel like a lot of I feel like a lot of the greatest like compassionate minds get stuck in it too. Because you're trying to do things for other people, you're trying to listen to other people, be empathetic, and not really taking advantage of and. Hmm. That's where I feel like narcissists and non-narcissists is like predator and prey, you know? Yeah. Not narcissists. What yeah, is that? Think of the What's word, it called? Uh, uh, empaths. That's like the closest I can think of somebody who's an empath. who's like super empathetic of other people's feelings. Yeah. That's why I had like that. And that's why I said like, there's a difference between like empathy and narcissism. Yeah. yeah. Like those are the, those are the two extremes. Right. That's, I feel like that's the nice. opposite side of ego is empathy is it's like, and that's where that's where I feel like I feel like that's where that's that shedding of the ego is when you can see that that stranger across the street is you for another flip of a coin. Like that's your genetic brother. Like you may not share any family or whatever, but you're made of the same stuff. You're made of the same design. You're made of like you go back far enough. We all have like a similar mother. Like the only difference is the things that happen throughout their life. And you deciding that you're something different. You deciding that you're special because you're in here. So therefore this thing that you're mm-hmm. in is and more special than everybody all else. That's built up from the ones and zeros that you've experienced though. Right. Right. And, and, and it's, and it's great that like the help that you provide, like you like the help that you're providing, but like, what if this person, you just like walked into like what, uh, like whatever they were doing and they're just like, thanks. But like, I didn't ask for it. <laughs> and that's where, that's where it's communication. If I'm trying to help somebody and they say, Oh, I'm good. I don't need help. I'm like, are you sure? Yeah. Cool, man. No problem. It's like, cause I'm someone too. I will tell you, I don't need help, even though I really need help. <laughs> That's probably like, usually when you need help, right? Yeah. I'll be struggling with a big TV. That's my default. Like, no, I'm good. I got this. Like, it's fine. Like, no, come help me. Cause I'm being dumb and I don't know why I'm being so like, yeah, like ego driven that, Oh, I got this. I, I'm strong. I'm a big man. Like let's get over it. I'm going to hurt my back. I'm going to be down for three days. Like, but you did it by yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At yeah. the end of the day, you accomplished what you wanted to accomplish. But I didn't I have to. It comes to. But I As we get older, to. is the trade-off yeah. worth it? We're noticing that more and more with the choices that mm-hmm. we make. I would the say direct so. correlation to choices we make. Right. We're starting well, to feel it more. You build better relationships, though, with people when you help them. Like, if you let someone help you, they're much more apt to do other things for you. Like, if you ask people for favors they're more, much more apt to like you and do more favors for you because like you're reaching out to them and you're putting trust in them and you're like empowering them. So it's like, it's good to get help from people. It's good to ask favors within reason. Or it's the New Yorker perspective where it's like, yeah, I'll help you, but I'm still going to shit and moan and complain the entire time. (laughs) (laughs) I'll help you, but I'm not going to like it. Exactly. (laughs) I'm going to hate it, but sure. We'll wake up at six in the morning and we'll move all your shit into your new apartment. Sometimes it's fine. You still did it. You don't always have to do things. At the end of the day, you did it. But like, that's just, 
since I have a handful of friends from like the New York area, like that's the mentality that it's like, <laughs> it's like, we're going to get, it's like, I'll help you, but I'm just not going to like it. <laughs> Midwestern hospitality with the commentary. Right. Uh, yeah. Literally. That's the best way to look at it. So that's where I'm the opposite. Like I'll act like, no, I'm fine. Like I act like it's all great and dandy, even though I'm like, when you're in your own space, you're just like, Oh, why? <laughs> like that. I'm never answering oh, my phone again. <laughs> like that. It, it, like it's literally like that scene in Rick and Marty when they, they get into the car and they just <laughs> like, Oh my God, what we are we doing? <laughs> why did we even think about, we need a vacation. Why are we doing this? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Rick starts crying. <laughs> yeah, they all start crying. You have to do like you have to step out of yourself and do that for other people, though, because like if you don't, then no one's ever going to be there when you need help moving out. And no one's ever going to help you. You know what I mean? Like that's why we. It's not why we do stuff for each other, but that's the that's that we're all in this together. It's because like when I need help, I'm going to ask. When you need help, you mm-hmm. ask. Like let's do this back and forth because we can't do it on our own. No one can do can do it on their own like and generally i mean like helping out your friends like moving stuff like you get to go through that experience of like seeing how like that like the stuff that they have and like the appreciation that they have for their stuff right and, and you're sometimes if too. they're getting rid of if they're getting rid of stuff that they don't want like hey, hey i'll take this right every time you help somebody move you're getting better at loading stuff and how to haul stuff, and how to package too. stuff. You're like, you become a professional at strapping stuff down and the Tetris of organizing Since it. Like, I have gone through like five to seven different movings. <laughs> I've gotten pretty good at mm-hmm. recruiting the people that are really good at Tetris. Right. Right. Have competitions just to see who you're going to have for your moving crew. <laughs> All right. Almost. So this round actually gets to help me <laughs> survivor moving truck edition. Survivor right. moving truck. Oh, <laughs> uh, that'd be hilarious. I'd play that game. <laughs> See, Jill, you always try to put the fluffy stuff on top. And you can you can put the fluffy stuff on top, but you can also put the fluffy stuff in between the gray areas and the negative space. So for that, tribe is spoken. Please turn in your tape gun. <laughs> turn in your tape measure. <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> Out of the friend group. We'll see you at brunch on Tuesday. Right, right. She just does that on purpose because she hates helping people move. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I guess I'll just go home. <laughs> Dude, if we ever started a business like that, we should just turn it into like a YouTube channel, a TV <laughs> show. Every week's a competition. Who's going to get cut? We could recruit strangers off the street. <laughs> like with their That's how skills. we can employ the homeless. <laughs> yeah. Hey, oh, I feel like hey. we could get in trouble for that. <laughs> hey, we only we Maybe only need your time for like three hours. Oh no, no, no. We can't offer you an actual home, but we can give you money for the three hours. Right. Yeah? Okay, let's go. And not all three of you. Only the one who's the best. You know, not can't help all of you. Just so you guys are gonna have to fight we'll about help it. You today will help you tomorrow. Will <laughs> help you in like a week. If we like get this is to something it. you'd see in Shameless, we're gonna be in other places. There's gonna be a priority. I feel like so far this is tied in literally everything that we've talked about this season, mm-hmm. like a and lot, the importance of, of it, it all, mm-hmm. and how it's all interconnected. That's why I mean it makes sense though if you think about it because 
if your ego is you and like that's where all of our topics came from they were us trying to figure out to handle battles that we were having with inside of ourselves so it made sense that it all ties back in together when we do an episode about ourselves true <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it really does but it touches back on all of our issues and all of our shortcomings <laughs> a little bit but that's where I feel like, you know, that, that's a huge step for our ego as well is to be like at least somewhat open and honest about like the mistakes. And that's what we've said about this from the beginning. It's like we have no clue what we're doing when we started this show. We we, we did it because we've had these conversations forever. So let's throw the record. We, we, watched, we watched a handful of others that were doing something similar and got some ideas. All right. So it's just like, but to have that humility. Yeah, it's humility, but it's also ego, ego, eagle. <laughs> it's sure, eagle, eagle, ego. Like people I've told that I'm doing a <laughs> podcast, like how, how, why, why would you do that? Like, because you have to have that security in yourself to be able to put yourself out there. You have to be secure enough with who you are to be comfortable to back the things that you stay and stand behind the things that you talk about. Like, I think the biggest reaction that I get when I tell, when I tell my friends that, that I do a podcast and I tell them that we just kind of do like random topics. The biggest question I get is why don't we stay to like a general topic and like a general idea or a general industry, like, a, like a fantasy football podcast, a shot, uh, how to coupon properly podcast. <laughs> um, talking about like your life experiences podcast. Like, why do we just have general and random topics? Because that's what we want to do. And that's how that's what works we, for us. That's how we see it. Like, the, like you've got all these other people that are doing all these other podcasts, these fantasy football podcasts, these news today podcasts. The, there's a podcast for literally everything, every radio show, every radio station that I listen to follow and listen to our podcast. You go to Ace Hardware, follow and listen to our podcast where we will talk about the different materials and Home Depot. They, every single place has a specific podcast, but what they don't have a lot of are podcasts that talk about real things. Right. Because it usually doesn't sell as well those real, those deeper conversations, they don't always do as well. Like I've gotten flack about that too. It's like, well, if you talked about, you know, if you were more aggressive or more like, you know, degrading about stuff, you could get, you know, shock factor. And it's like, I don't want to have to do that to get our point across. Like nah. we're, we're not forcing anything to make this. We didn't, you know, it's not like an idea that we built. It was something that we've always done. It's conversations that we've always had in a weird circular format. And I feel like if anything, like, we're doing this to benefit ourselves. Like the benefit that we gain and the confidence that we gain from doing this and the understanding about how we talk and our isms and, and all this other stuff. Like if anybody's going to take any way thing from doing this, I feel like it's us, you know what I mean? It's, it's the experience that we've gained and the understanding of ourselves that we've gained from having these conversations. This isn't just a journal where we write it down. It's gone. We go back and we rewatch it and we rewatch it and we edit it and 30 times it forces and it's us to be self-reflective to watch as well. Like we, mm -hmm. we see things that we do or that we don't to. really notice that we do. And it's things that I've we know bothers so us and would bother, <laughs> it should bother someone else. And we just, we try to make ourselves better by the things we see. But like you said earlier in the season is don't change things that make you, you, but yes. we see it. I don't know. It forces us to be self-reflective because I write down things all the time that I think are really important to me, but I never go back and read them. 
And, and there's like a balance to that too, because there's like give there's them definitely to your friends growing pains for you. <laughs> I do. <laughs> there's definite growing pains that we've gone through trying to take our inexperience mixed with our vision, and then also trying to incorporate that into how things are done now to make it more receptible. Because there's that balance of making it more receptible to a more broader audience, while at the same time making sure it conveys the image that you've always wanted it to. You can't give up your vision for what you want to get across and the mission behind what you're doing. Like we're kind of talking about building a house of cards. We're building a sound event, a solid foundation based off what we actually care about and want to talk about. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's what's going to grow this to what it is because we don't know where we're going with it what it's going to be, how it's going to evolve, what it's going to form into, but we know why we started it and what we're doing. <laughs> we know what we believe in. Yeah. yeah. The ego form the vision of what you want at the end, but don't let it control the means of getting there. And that's where I feel like creativity, like you said, is essential because like, that's what helps you express your ego. I feel like in a healthy way mm-hmm. because art is subjective. There's no good, just like there's no good and bad. There's no good and bad art. Art is objective. It's how well or how true to yourself are you being when you're conveying your stuff? Like when I went to like the art museum, what I noticed the most is the paintings that people like flocked around weren't the ones that were most realistic. It wasn't the people who could capture line for line, color for color, the detail of what's going on in the image. It's the person who had a weird fever trip who looks like they're on LSD and then Mm -hmm. painted what they saw on LSD. It's their way of interpreting the world that's appreciated so that individuality that yeah that outside perspective where you can let someone sit in your brain for a minute you know what i mean that's what people really value that you can convey your true self through some other medium it's very sharing of a deep personal part of you that's where it's so hard to do like sharing your artwork sharing something that's that's your baby that's that's something that you know what I mean? That's your little thing that you've honed and worked on and put it out there into the world to see what the world thinks. You know what I mean? Like it's like sending your kid to school on his first day of school. It's like, I'm not there no more. You know, it's, 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 and it comes down to your own self-interpretation of what you think is the right thing to put that energy into and make sure you're broadcasting a true vision of yourself. If you're not giving your work, which I've been guilty of the self where I'll just pump stuff out and I'm like, Oh, I need something. So I'm just gonna, I'm just going to, it's like, Take that time. Everything that you do and put out there is a broadcast of who you are. You can't just use excuse. Why I didn't have enough time or I rushed this one. It's like you chose to rush it. You chose to do that. Like those are all choices that you've made that come across things that you broadcast. You're in charge of your decisions. Don't let your ego put the blame somewhere else. Right. Humble that ego. It's better to do something than nothing and stop letting like the perfectionist stop you from putting anything out so it's a balance of that too you got to know when to go when to go with your gut and know when to embrace that fire i wonder if the gut is ego probably another way probably another word for it Mm, no because i feel like if you if you give into ego it can be very selfishly driven go with sometimes when when i go with my gut sometimes i think i talked about this before it's like sometimes my gut is usually wanting me to do the thing that I may not want to do like, it just knows it's the right thing, but my mind knows that, Mm -hmm. well, that could be awkward for me or that could be sad for me or that could be anything else that I don't want it to be. But my gut goes, yeah, but logically that's probably the thing that you should do. Like when you you add logic to the, to the equation, 
I feel like you can train your ego to think logically, but I don't think normally it thinks logically. What if your gut was something we don't know yet? Like what it is. That could be, yeah. Or, just or something we just haven't given definition to. Yeah. Exactly. Maybe we'll find Ego's out powerful. season two. <laughs> the ego is a powerful thing. It it's is. like a superpower. You can use it for good. You can use it for bad. And you can let it consume you. You just have to keep it in check and make sure you know who you are. Once you know who you are, you can know where you can add value in the right places. Moki, say something of deep meaning and spiral us out. <laughs> I was trying to think of something. I'm just like, I know that they want me to say something. I'm just like, I got nothing. I literally got nothing.